All right, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a phone, pull out your phone. Go with me. We're gonna we're gonna continue in Luke chapter eight. I've been speaking on this uh, topic about soil and seed uh, for the last uh, few weeks, and I know I've kind of been in and out a little bit, and we're jumping back and forth, but. Um, I just feel like God still has more to say on this topic. So Luke chapter 8, verse 11 through 15. If you don't have a Bible, I'll have it on the screen for you this morning. It says, this is a story about these people. The seed is God's word. The seed on the road represents those who hear the word, but no sooner do they hear it, the devil snatches it from them so they won't believe or they won't be saved. Verse 13, the seed in the gravel represents those who hear it with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It's only another fad. It's a moment when trouble comes, it is gone. Verse 14, the seed that fell in the weeds, well, those are the ones who hear it, but then the seed is crowded out by all the cares of the world, okay? Uh, it's crowded out, and nothing comes from it, uh, where it goes, and they go about their lives worrying about tomorrow, making money, and having fun. But the seed on the good earth represents those with good hearts who seize the word of God, hold on to it no matter what, stick with it until the harvest comes. So, uh, we've talked the last few weeks about the harvest. The first week we talked about the harvest. The second week we talked about the first two soils. Today we're going to talk about the last two soils. So if you haven't heard those messages, I encourage you, go on iTunes, go to our podcast, download it, listen to it. Uh, it'll help you immensely. Um, if I'm real and honest, I would have to say that if I struggle with any of these soils the most, it would have to be the soil of the weeds, okay? And the reason being is this. The Bible says that it gets crowded. The weeds come and it crowds out the seed, the word of God. And when I think about crowding out, I think about our jobs and I think about Netflix and I think about social media and our kids' sports and I think about trips that we're planning and I think about the messes that our kids make that we have to clean up all the time. And, and I just think about all these things that are constantly pushing and crowding us every day. And then I think about worry. How how many of us, let's just be honest, we deal with worry. You know what I mean? We're worried about tomorrow. We're worried about next year. We're worried about our retirement. We're worried about the future and our economy and the political system and all these different things. And so we're worried about, am I going to lose my job or the doctor's report or when am I going to find my mate? When is my mate coming in Jesus' name, okay? Or we're worried about bills or family drama or we're just simply thinking about, you know, like I looked at the calendar the other day and I'm like, man, we got 37 days so my kids go back to school and I got to get new backpacks and lunch boxes and all that kind of stuff. And then we have money, okay? So then we throw in money on top of all this, and we're like, okay, I don't have enough money, and how am I going to make more money? And now my kids are getting older, and as they're getting older, they have more needs. And so I'm trying to figure out how am I going to take care of that? And then all of a sudden, you know, there's this brand-new shiny toy that I want. You know what I mean? I was shooting guns yesterday, and I was like, man, I needed a gun. You know what I mean? I'm like, I really, really need a gun. And so, you know, I started thinking about a toy that you really want. And you think about, I need a bigger house. Or, and then stress comes into our life. And when stress comes, we're thinking, man, how can I just relax? And all of this is what? The Bible says it's weeds. It's weeds that climb into our house, and it feels 
like what? Like we're in the middle of a hurricane. Ever felt like that before where it just feels like it's not coming from the right or the left or the front or the back? It feels like a 360 degree swarming around my life constantly. And it feels like you are trapped in the middle of the chaos and you're looking for an exit point. You're looking for a moment to get out of it. You're looking to how do I get free from this? But because you're surrounded by it, because you're surrounded by the weeds, you're like, I can't figure the way out. I don't know how to get out of this place. It says this, those who heard it, but the seed, but the seed, but why the seed? Because the seed had nowhere to go, okay? Listen, God brings the seed, but because of all of these worries and all of these cares and all of these weeds, the seed has nowhere to go to be planted. Why? Because the heart is full, right? My heart's full on a daily basis. From the moment that I wake up to the moment I go to bed, my heart is full of worries and cares and concerns and wants and things that I'm striving for and things that I'm working hard for. And the word of God can come every single Sunday. And the word of God can come on your Instagram feed. And the word of God can come on your Twitter feed. And the word of God can come on the radio. And the word of God can come and it's full of life and it's full of promise and it's full of harvest. But we're just too filled up in our heart to take it in. The ground is hard. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who seek him. Matthew chapter 16, we're just going to read a bunch of different verses. Verse 19, it says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust can get to them, where thieves can break in and steal them. Store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy it. Thieves cannot break in or steal. Verse 25, this is why I tell you. This is Jesus speaking, okay? I think it's pretty important that we listen to him when Jesus talks. Jesus goes, hey, it's pretty important. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. If you'll have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? <laughs> now, I don't know what you need to put into that spot for food. I know it might not be food to you today, but isn't life more than that toy? Isn't life more than that worry? You know, there's a stat that tells you that 90% of everything you worry about in life never even comes to pass. 90%. Everything that you worry about on a daily basis. So Jesus is going, isn't life more than worry? Isn't life more than stress? Isn't life more than money? Isn't life more than these things? And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Come on, somebody. Listen, God knows every day of your life. Even the, even the days where you're in the middle of it, and you're like, this is, seems like chaos. This seems overwhelming. This seems too much. Even in the midst of those days, Jesus is right there. He knows it. And he's with you because you're more valuable. You're more valuable than anything on the planet. 
He gave his son for you, for you, for me. So he's saying, you are valuable to me. Verse 27, can all the worries add to a single moment of your life? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. Now, every time I've read that verse, I've always thought about people far from the Lord. And I remember about a year ago, I'm reading this verse, and I'm in the midst of a weed season. I'm in the midst of a season where it just feels like there's weeds everywhere. The word of God's coming, but it's not going anywhere. And I'm struggling and I'm frustrated. And I read this verse where it says, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. And I'm thinking, that's for somebody else. That's for somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And the Lord was like, no, that's for you today. You don't believe today. You're just as much of an unbeliever today as somebody else. I'm speaking to you, Jeff. But your heavenly Father knows all that you need. So verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and you'll have everything you need. So what do I do if I'm dealing with weeds? I really believe that weeds is really a question of how you see God the Father. How you view your relationship with God the Father. Okay? Do you see God the Father as a father that will reward you? That's a big question. And the reality is all of us had different fathers growing up. Some of us had really great fathers. Some of us didn't have great fathers. Some of us had fathers that were stingy. Some of us had fathers that gave a lot. I don't know how you view God through your earthly father, but the Bible says this, that God is a rewarder. Remember? Remember? He's a rewarder. So as a good father, he wants to do what? He wants to reward children. We are his sons and daughters. He wants to reward us in the right season, okay? Do you believe that God has everything you need for every season of your life, okay? Because here's the deal. If I don't believe those things, then what do I have to do? I then have to usurp God's authority, and I have to then do what? I have to go and get it myself. Because I don't believe that God's a good father. I don't believe that God will bring reward into my season that I need. I don't believe that God has my best interest in mind. How many times have you felt that in life where you're like, man, God, I'm dying out here. Don't you see that I have needs? Don't you see that I have wants? Don't you see that I have cares? And we think God has left me. Let me share a story, a couple stories with you. So Jess is seven months pregnant, which Jess isn't here today. I apologize. My wife Jessica is not here today. Um, She's at home with our boys. Um, Pray for Michael. Michael's our oldest son. He's 12. He uh, came back, and it's just totally the enemy. He got filled with the Holy Spirit on the trip and spoke in tongues, and it was awesome, and came back. He's got bronchitis and strep throat at the same time, and Luke got a double ear infection, so Jess is at home uh, with our kiddos today, but Jess is seven months pregnant with our oldest, Michael, okay, and um, we were actually in the Cincinnati airport the other day, and I told Michael, I said, I'll never forget the day we flew in right here at this spot, and I met uh, my in-laws, and we told them, like, hey, 
they were like, Merry Christmas, how are you? And we're like, good. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I quit my job today. And they were like, just like dumbfounded. I'm like, Michael, it was right here. He was like, really? I'm like, yeah, you're in mom right then. So we quit our job, and um, we knew God had something else for us, but it wasn't happening right away. You ever have that happen before where there's a delay in what God's doing? So there's this delay in what God's doing. And so the enemy starts coming in with his lies and telling me I'm not called to be a pastor, I'm not called to preach, I'm not called to do all these things. I remember one day I called up Jess on the phone in, in Mississippi, and I'm like sobbing my eyes out. I'm like, I'm nobody good. God doesn't want to use me. I'm just going to go sell cars. And she's like, just come home. I'm like, no, I'm going to the car lot to get an application. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm just a hot mess. And in this... In this, I'm in this world of chaos, and there's weeds. So what happens when we have weeds? We think, well, if I go buy something, it's going to make me happy, right? So I have this white little uh, uh, Volkswagen Jetta, a little five. So remember the first Fast and Furious movie, the little white one, okay? I had that. I had like three payments left, okay? About to have this thing paid off. And so I decide, you know what? How about I go buy a brand new Jetta. So I go to the car lot, and there's this red, shiny Jetta, six-cylinder, turbo, leather seats, and, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take my Jetta. So I trade it in, and they gave me actually a pretty good deal on the Jetta, but then I still owed like $23,000, and, and I remember they were like, here's your, uh, your payments, $430. I'm like, yeah, why not? This feels good, you know what I mean? And so sign the papers, and we end up moving, and we end up moving to Michigan, okay? And so we're in Michigan. We're youth pastors. I think we're making, like, I don't know, like 38000 like, good money. But we're, like, my wife's not working. She's staying at home with Michael, so it's not going real far. And we're in this apartment, and we have this car, and I think it's the coolest thing ever, and all the kids in my youth group do. But I hate the payment. It's, like, 430 every month, every month, every month. And then in the midst of all this, you know, Jess is, like, frustrated that we're living in this apartment. She's like, we got a kid, and we need a house, and he needs area to run and to play, and he needs his own room and a basement. And so she calls me up one day, and she's like, hey, I found this house to rent. It's a brand-new house. Like, we should go look at it. And I remember as soon as she said it, the Lord was like, nope, that's not me. But I was like, yeah, let's go look at it. Why not? You know what I mean? And so we end up driving out to this house, and, and we see it. And we were like, how much is it a month? And she's like, I'll give you a good deal. She's like, how about, how about we call it even at 1200 a month? And I was like, cool, let's do it. And so we signed this lease. And, and so now we are like eight months into this house. We have this car, and I have a child, and I'm making $38,000 a month, and every month, I'm looking, I'm looking at my bank account, and I'm freaking out, okay? What was the issue? The issue was this. I went out and grabbed things out of the wrong season. Does that make sense? So I decided, hey, I don't have this. I want this. 
I have all these weeds screaming at me all the time. I'm going to go out and get what is mine. Because why? At that season and time in my life, I did not trust that God was a God that rewarded. I did not trust that God was a God that was faithful. I did not trust that God knew what I needed for the season. The season, I needed the white Jetta, not the red Jetta. The season, I needed the apartment, not the house. So you know what happens in this season is this. It compromises my ability to trust the Lord. So all of a sudden, because I have these big bills every single month and I don't know how I'm going to pay them, all of a sudden I start going, how am I going to tithe? How am I going to give? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Where is, here, here, you got to see it. God's going, I'm a good father. You seek me, and then guess what? I will reward you in the right season and time. But I need you to seek me first. I need you to put my kingdom first. I need you to trust that I'm a good father that knows what you need when you need it. But now I'm in a season, because of the weeds, I'm looking at the bills, and every day I'm freaking out, trying to find peace in my mind, trying to find peace in my heart, trying to figure out how I'm going to make this happen, how am I going to pay these bills, and in the whole run of all this, I'm doing what? Not honoring the Lord, not seeking him, not trusting him first and foremost. So, end up, car gets repossessed. End up, lose the house. End up, living in somebody's basement. End up, in a really nasty place. Now, in that place, though, is where I really dug in and I was like, all right, God, who are you? What's going on? I thought you were faithful. And God was like, listen, this has nothing to do with my faithfulness. This has everything to do with your inability to trust me. Flip the seasons, start trusting the Lord, start seeking the kingdom first. All of a sudden, I'll never forget, we, um, we had no car, so we had to save money. And we ended up buying this white uh, Mercury Mountaineer. We ended up giving it to Matt. We ended up, Matt was like, wasn't it your first car that you had? Yeah, we had this white Mercury Mountaineer. It literally, like, did, like, nine miles to the gallon. I mean, it just sucked gas, okay? And so we had this white mountaineer, and I'll never forget, we were about to leave uh, Michigan and move to Ohio, and somebody came to us, and they said, hey, uh, the Lord laid it upon our heart. We want to sow, and we want to invest our Honda Pilot into your family, and we want to give you all the equity. We've paid $15,000 of this car, and we're going to sow it, and we're going to give you this car. See the difference? On one time, I went out and grabbed it. On another time, God brought it to me. It was a reward. We then moved to Troy. We have an apartment. I'll never forget um, our next door uh, neighbor. She was actually a high-end prostitute, and uh, they kicked her door in one day and, like, seized her. And, and yeah, it was a crazy situation. And, and Jess was like, I just don't want to live here. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand that. And so I prayed about it, and the Lord was like, I got something for you. And so I just prayed, and the Lord said, I, I got a house for you. 
and it's a great house, and it's over 2,000 square feet, and you're only going to pay $1,000 a month. And I remember I told Jess that, and she looked at me like I was crazy, crazy. And so we started looking at house after house after house after house, and every house was like $1,400, $1,600. And it came down to we had four days until we had to move out of our apartment, four days. And I'm at the Meyer parking lot, and I'm like in the back where there's like nothing but trash and I'm just like crying out to God I'm like God what are you doing he's like I told you I have a house and it's a thousand dollars a month the next day somebody called us they said hey I don't know if you're interested in this but we know this house it's over 2,000 square feet it's in Troy and it's only a thousand dollars a month listen (laughs) God is so good He's so faithful. He knows where you're at today, and he knows what you need tomorrow. What's the issue? It's all heart issue, okay? Think about the rich young ruler. Jesus didn't have a problem with his stuff because the Bible said he had a lot of stuff, okay? What was the issue? The issue was this. Jesus wanted his heart, but his heart was with the stuff. The stuff was his God, and he served the stuff. So basically, the rich young ruler is serving what? He's serving mammon. So what does God say to us? Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve mammon, or are you going to serve me? Are you going to seek my kingdom, or are you going to seek your kingdom? but I can promise you that I'm a good, faithful father that will take good care of you. So we got the weeds. But then Jesus at the end says, hey, we got this soil. It's called the good soil. And in verse 15, it says, the seed that fell in the good soil represents those who are honest, good-hearted people who hear the word of God, cling to it, it, and patiently it produces a harvest. Okay? So how do we keep the soil of our heart in a good place that we can take the word of God, we can put it into our heart, and it reproduces, okay? We do it this way. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our life. I know everybody's like, why did we have to read that verse today? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with my life. I got my life all together. I got all my plans all together. Listen, I'm so thankful for the grace of God and his mercy and forgiveness. But good gosh, people, I need the word of God. I mean, there's times that I read the word of God and I'm like, man, I am being a complete butt to my wife. Okay? I'm seriously, I am literally a butt to my wife. I need to shut my mouth. I need to love my wife. And the only reason that happens is because the word of God shows it to me. There's times I read the Bible and I go, man, I am so greedy. I need to learn how to sow into the kingdom. I need to learn how to let go. There are times I read the word of God and it shows me the depths of my soul and what I need. It says this, it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. Worship team, you guys can come on up. John chapter 15, verse 7 through 8 says this, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So what are the two criterias? 
I remain in Jesus, and then the word of God remains in me. Okay, this is why the word of God is so powerful, so important, because I have to remain in Jesus, and I gotta have the word of God remain in me, remain in my soul, and it says this. You can ask for anything you want, and it will be guaranteed to you. Come on now. Listen, when I know what God wants, I just pray out his will. I'm just praying out what he wants for my life. I'm praying out what he wants for Ryan's life. I'm praying out what he wants for Brett's life. I'm praying out what he wants for your life. I spent a couple hours the other day in my office, and I named every single one of you off in my office, and I was praying, and I was fighting for you, and I was praying out the word of God, and I was praying out God's blessing and his favor and his goodness upon you and your family and your kids. But when I'm connected, when I'm in Christ, and his words are in me, I can pray for anything, anything. So when you need a breakthrough, yeah, I can pray for you and know that my God's good and he'll bring the breakthrough. When you need a healing, I can pray and know that my God is good and he's gonna heal. When you need life, I know that my God will show up because I'm in him and his words are in me and as long as those two things are happening, what's going on? I got a good soil in my heart. I got, a, I got a place that the word of God can plant seed and it can produce harvest and it can produce harvest that remains not here but just everywhere. I, we got done with camp and um, we dropped them off at their house and we took their car and it's just me and Michael in the car and, and we decided, you know, we're hungry, let's, let's go eat and, you know, I'm just tired. It was a long week, and camp was really good, but I was just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually drained. And so we go to this restaurant in Tampa, okay? And sometimes, I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes it just feels good to be somewhere that nobody knows you. You're like, nobody knows me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to eat some ribs right now and, like, bask in God's goodness. And so I'm sitting there. And I'm eating some ribs, and Michael's eating some chicken wings, and I hear Pastor Jeff. And I'm like, what? Are you serious right now? I'm in the middle of Tampa. I'm in the middle of nowhere. How does somebody know me right now? And it was one of the students from camp, and his brother, and his mom, and their dad. And they came up to me, and they said, We want you to know that our family and our lives will be forever changed because of the week that you spent with us. See, that's what the kingdom is. When I am good in my soul, when my soul is good, when my soul is healthy, when my soul is good ground and God can plant the word of God, it produces harvest for me, but it produces harvest for others. And sometimes it's for others that I'm not going to see these kids. I don't live with them. I don't live in their house. But God wanted to overflow into their lives. Listen, that's what God wants. He wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing, so that we can overflow into others. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet today? I wrote this down. The Word of God 
keeps my heart soft. So if my heart is hardened to God, the Word of God softens my heart. The Word of God keeps the gravel out, right? The Word of God comes in and cuts out all the weeds. And then what happens? God's love and His grace and His mercies go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know your name, um, the flower. I met you in the, in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, you, yeah, in the jacket, the flower, yeah, I met you in the parking lot. I just want you to know something, okay? <laughs> Jesus loves you so much. He's wild that you're here today. He's so excited about your life. So excited. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't, I don't know you from Adam. But all I know is this, is that God is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. And he says, welcome home, my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my beloved child. And I want to welcome you back home because I deeply care about you. I deeply care about what's in your heart. I deeply care about the weeds in your life. I care about you. You're mine. You're mine, the Lord says. I got my hand on it. Come on, God is good. God is good. He is faithful. He is faithful. I want to ask today, how many of us would say, you know what, I'm dealing with weeds on some level, and I got my hand up, okay? Pastor Jeff's got his hand up, okay? I'm dealing with weeds on some level in my life, okay? Now, what's the point of leaving today with the weed. We need to get some Roundup going on right now, okay? We need to kill some weeds today, right? <laughs> I want you to do this. Let's you throw your hands up, close your eyes. Whatever weeds you're dealing with, I just want you to talk to the Lord right now. Just say, Lord, here's the weed. Here's the weed. I want to do this. I want to do this. 
anybody in here, you are waiting on a mate. Raise your hand. You're waiting on a mate. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. There we go. Okay? All right. Keep your hand up. If you are by somebody that has their hand up, put your hands on them. Lay your hand on them. Okay? We're going to lay our hand on them. Okay? We got people up in the front. Just lay your hand on them. We're going to agree with them. season. That's a tough season. How old are you? Oh, come on now. Come. G was 32 when they got married. Okay? It's a hard season. But God's faithful. God knows your mate. <laughs> Melissa just, uh, oh, I mean, Melissa's about to rebuke the devil right now. Seriously, right now. Come on, let's pray for them. Lord, we thank you, God, for godly wives and godly husbands right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for men and women of Christ that you're going to send. You're going to send. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, God, for patience. Patience to hold on to you. Patience to trust you. Patience to know that you're good and you're faithful, God. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring these people quickly. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would reveal to them exactly who it is. Exactly who it is. Exactly who it is. The Lord just keeps saying, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. Do not give in. Do not get weary. For in due time you shall reap the harvest. That is my promise. In due time you will reap the harvest. In Jesus, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, um, I don't remember your name. I know you're from Charlotte. Um, the Lord just told me to tell you guys, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That you feel in your heart like, man, it's a big transition. Lots changing. A lot's happening. But God wants you to know that he's got his hand upon you. He's leading, guiding, directing your steps, and that the best days of your life are about to come. All you got to do is receive it. All you got to do is thank him for it, praise him for it, and God will align and direct your steps. And man, those baby girls are the best. They are the cutest. I love them. I love them. I love them. Come on, grab a hand. Let's pray. God, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you've done here today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your life. (laughs) Jesus, we praise you. 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 Thank you, God. We give it all to you. We glorify, we honor you, and we thank you for today. We love you, we love you. And everybody in Greece said... Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus today. Hey, don't forget tonight, it's karaoke. Come on now. Come on now. We got ice cream. We got karaoke. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a good time. We love you. We love you. We will see you guys soon. Have a great week.